They say poker is a hard way to make an easy living. This is the podcast about people that make poker work for them. This is Mid-Stakes Living. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mid-Stakes Living. My name's Derek, joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Hunt. How are you, Matt? Very well, Derek. Very well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, it's a little early in the morning for me, but I'm surviving. <laughs> well, and time I, zones, they are what they are, I guess. Yeah, very true. We've got to coordinate however we can. Yeah, and I, I know poker players don't, don't tend to keep uh, very early hours, so I'm sure it's probably early for our, our guest today, too. Um, so we'll jump right into it and, uh, and start talking a little poker. Very excited today. I know when I first got into poker, um, and, and especially when I got... When I first got serious about studying poker and hitting the forums and stuff, um, a name that I always saw around was Gags30. So uh, we're excited to have Michael Gagnano, Gags30, on the show today. How are you, man? Hi, guys. I'm doing good. A little early for me, but uh, I'm here. I'm here, and I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to be on the show. Excellent. Good well, maybe we'll us. get you. Yeah, maybe this will get you to bed at a normal hour for once. Just by getting up yeah, early. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tried to. I tried to get to bed early last night, and then I wound up. Uh, running deep in a couple MTTs last night, so it didn't even work out that way. So uh, that, That's the eternal struggle of the MTT player, right? Like, oh, I yeah, need to get an early night tonight, or I'm really tired, and then like suddenly you're one-tabling at 3 a.m. in <laughs> some tournament where like, if you, have a, if you specifically win the tournament, then you have a winning day, but if you get like sick, then you still lose, and it's just <laughs> so, so, so much. Well, I got sixth last night. So. Oh, man. Oh. Sorry to hear that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a right. bad beat. Way, it to, way to rub it in. It yeah. happens. It happens. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, uh, I guess a good place to start for those who may not be familiar with your story is just to talk a little bit about, you know, kind of how you got into poker, how you decided to kind of take that jump to being a professional poker player, and uh, and why tournaments too, because that's always something that's interesting to hear. Well, I started playing poker. I mean, it's just the usual, you know, story. I started playing with friends in high school. We watched poker on TV, and then we got you know more into it as we got older and went to college and stuff like that. Um, so in college, really, when I started, I didn't like school at all, and I was looking for other things to keep me entertained. And I found video games, pool, and poker. Um, so it was kind of an even split between those three, and poker just kind of started intriguing me more and more. Um, I wasn't. After college, I wasn't playing professionally yet. I got a job. I was working at an elementary school as a staff assistant. So, like, you know, it was a full-time job, but it wasn't really paying a lot and stuff like that. So I was looking for something else to do. And I just started getting more and more into poker. I was just playing more, spending more time studying the game on forums. And, you know, this is – we're talking back. This is, like, 2007, eight, something like that. Seven, maybe. Wow. Um, and I, it just got to the point where I was – not getting picking up my paychecks from the the job because I was making more money playing poker, and uh, the secretary would have to like chase me down the halls like here you have to take your money like you know, <laughs> um, so you know once uh, you know one of those once I was looking for an excuse to leave and then things like weren't kind of going so great at the school there was like I don't know it was just, like a lot of drama it's like an elementary school you know it's like I don't know teachers and parents and all that stuff and I was like I can't take this anymore and I'm just gonna go and go to the World Series this year anyway so I, I wound up quitting. And uh, that was it. I kind of just never looked back. Um, Why MTTs? I always – there's something about 
cash games that I, I never liked. I, I don't like the idea that, you know, if you have a bad seat or a tough table or anything like that, that you can just kind of get up and leave. Um, I've never been a big, like, gambler, which is, which is funny coming from a professional poker player, I guess. <laughs> but the thing about poker that I like is, like, the skill and the strategy aspect of it. And I really like the fact that in tournaments, if you have a tough table, if you have a bad seat, your options are to learn how to battle in that seat or you're going to, you know, bust and go home. Um, so I, I really like that competitive aspect of tournaments that just always seem better to me. I hate the, like, uh, the bum hunting aspect of cash games and, you know, all the, like, kind of, like, grimy stuff that goes on in, in the cash game world, um, which is not just, that stuff doesn't exist in tournaments because, like I said, you don't have a choice. You have to play wherever you get seated. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of how I picked tournaments from the start. Uh, I always liked Sitgos. I started playing Sitgos, and then I just transitioned into MTTs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's yeah. A, actually that's actually a really interesting way of explaining why you like tournaments over cash. Because uh-huh. I get a- I get asked on my Twitch stream all the time, "Hey, do you play cash? Why don't you play cash? You should stream some cash." And and my only real response is, I just don't like it. I've never really been able to figure out why that is. Um, but I mean, I bet you I've played. 30 hands of cash in the last six months. Like, I just have no interest in it whatsoever. Well, and I don't know. You might have just hit on the reason why. That's pretty interesting. That's always been my, that's always been my fundamental why I like tournaments. But now that I, I, for those who don't know, I do live in New Jersey, one of the, you know, three states in the, four? Three states in the U.S. has regulated licensed poker. So since 2000, 13, I've mainly been playing on these sites here in New Jersey, where we're playing just against people in New Jersey, and the, because of the liquidity, there's not a lot of it. I can't really just play tournaments anymore, and I have transitioned to the cash games, and I do play uh, really a lot of cash now. Um, so I, I still am a tournament player at heart, but a majority of my hands in the last year or two have been, have been cash. Um, so I've been making the transition. I've come to enjoy cash more. There are still those fundamental things about cash games that I cannot stand, but I, I've learned to appreciate it a little bit more. Let's, let's put it that way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, needs must, right? You like, you got to make a living. So whatever games you got to hop into and learn in order to do that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pragmatism, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How, how's the? Uh, I hate. How's I hate the, having... oh, sorry. Carry on. No, no. Go. On. No. I, I said there's still things I hate about cash games. I hate. Like, one of the fundamental things I have to do is just watch the lobby all the time and, like, for new games that are starting and, you know, things like that. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it, it feels like, it's almost like playing a satellite, which is a form of poker that I hate because I hate having to see how many people are left and how many, where's your, are you the shortest stack? Who's the shortest stack? Uh-huh. Oh, I have the full two kings preflop. Great. Like, this is not poker. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of feel the same way about playing cash and, like, lobby watching and stuff like that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know I know what you mean. Certainly, I think it's um it's interesting that you've sort of had to um to kind of diversify a little bit because I think that's something that a lot of people who still have the luxury of playing on Stars and the other sites that operate sort of more or less worldwide um possibly don't necessarily get forced into. You know, so how have you how have you found that transition? Do you feel like your your game has changed or developed in any way? Oh, my game has changed a ton. I mean, when I started playing cash, and I mean, I mainly started. So the New Jersey site started at the end of 2013. Like, I think it was November 2013. Mm-hmm. So pretty much since then is when I, you know, I, right off the bat, I realized, like, you know, I'm clearly not going to play 
MTTs for just MTTs anymore. I have to try something else. And I started dabbling in cash, and I really, you know, like 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 Derek was saying, I had no idea of what I was doing. I, I ha- didn't play cash. Um, so, you know, I did the, you know, started watching some training videos and stuff like that. I really put a lot of time into, like, figuring out why I wasn't good at cash or, like, what I was doing not doing that other good players were doing. Um, and I just realized that, like, so much of my fundamentals of poker were based on, like, sub-40, 50 big blind stacks that mm-hmm. I wasn't used to playing 100 big blinds deep, and I really just didn't know what to do. Uh, so I spent really a lot of time studying. I actually seeked out a coach for the first time. Um, I, I never was, like, formally coached by anyone. And I my group of players that I talked to is just exclusive camp to guys. I really don't know any cash game players that are better than me. So I, I, for the first time, seek someone out, and that really helped me uh, a bunch. Um, and, yeah, I just put a really lot of work into my game, and it's my game has changed a ton. I really understand concepts of deep stack versus shorter stack play a lot more now and why we do things with different hands and how to build ranges. And I, I feel like I've it, – it's been a great transition. I've really enjoyed working on my game and stuff like that. And if I was just playing MTTs, I feel like I would like be terrible at poker because I would have – not improved, and, you know, these MTTs on these New Jersey sites are, are pretty soft. You know, they're pretty small, so like, there's just not a lot of guys grinding them professionally. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely wouldn't have had the chance to actually improve my game like I have with cash. Cool. That's interesting. I, I guess um, in terms of poker in New Jersey, uh, I, I may be wrong on this. Correct me if I am, but I, I believe sometime recently it was announced that Stars is coming back to New Jersey. Is that right? Uh, actually, today is the... Uh, is is the day uh, that they're having their what they call soft launch day? I think they allow oh. like a few few hundred players to sign on at once. Um, before all the sites get going fully, they have like a week of this like testing period where they open to the public, but they only allow you know a couple hundred sign-ons at once just right. to make sure everything's working. The the gaming enforcement uh, division here, you know, checks everything out, make sure it's good, and then mm-hmm. I think next week is their official launch. But um, yeah, everyone's pretty pretty pumped for that. I, I'm not as excited as some, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's good for the the market in general. The market's very excited about poker now again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, yeah. It, yeah, it can't be a bad thing. But uh, I don't really like spinning goes, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> not a big fan of those being pumped down everyone's throat. So we'll see what happens, though. Yeah, it'll. Uh, has, I guess time will tell. How has um, the growth in, in online poker been in New Jersey? I mean, I'm not all that far from New Jersey, but far enough away that I have no idea like how the field sizes are, how much it's grown from the day it launched till now. I mean, is it, do you feel like it's growing or has the luster worn off or what do you think? One of, one of the things that I've said from the beginning is that the sites were like, okay, so we have, we have WSP and 888 who are like partnered. They use the same software, but they're, they're two different networks. Uh, and then there's Party Borgata, who use the same software, and they're different skins, but those player pools are the same. So they're the same same network. So that's the current sites that exist right now. Uh, and now we'll also have yeah, uh, stars when they come. But for a real long time in the beginning, like, the sites kind of, like, they didn't know what they were doing, it felt like. There was, like, promotional money being thrown around, like, a lot of it. But it was being thrown at, like, really bad things and in bad ways and it was like seemed like it was being used the same way it was being used like 
maybe before Black Friday or maybe like in the rest of the world market, like it was being geared towards like grinding regs or something. Like I don't know, they were just dumping a lot of money into like overlays and into like mm-hmm. promotions that like rake back promotions and stuff that just like was not going to appeal to the casual player. I mean, eight at eight for the first like like four or five months ran an eighty eight percent rake back promotion. Where oh, if you just deposited, you got 88% rate back for like four or five months. So the games were great for four or five months. It was all these regs starting games all the time. And then as soon as that promotion ended, all the cash games died. Um, they, they didn't have a lot of tournaments in the beginning because they were like getting their bearings still on a lot of sites. Um, so it took a really long time for like some of this stuff to you know filter out and like everything to normalize. So people keep saying that, I keep hearing things about like numbers, like oh the poker numbers have been dropping year over year, like they're steady, they're not increasing. Like yeah, they're going to drop from the first year because there's not all this free money anymore that was being dumped in. I mean just things like that that I've really disliked. Um, it's been a long, it's been a long, it's been a long uh, few years. Um, I am working with Borgata Poker now, so we've been fixing like a lot of things that were wrong with things like tournament structures and tournament offerings and payout structures and stuff like that. Um, and, and finally, we're starting to see growth in those tournaments now that that Borgata offers, uh, which is really good, you know. And there's still like things that I'd like to improve that. I'm working with them to help improve, um, but yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a, a long road to getting every little thing fixed, especially like when Borgata doesn't make the software they use. You know, um, right? You have to coordinate with different things, and I don't even you know we don't even I'm not even sure like um, like I don't even know if I'm like oh can we do this? Like we have to check with the software people, and there's more to everyone always complains like oh you guys should just do this, and it's like okay well there's more things that need to go in place before that can happen, you know? So that's kind of can be frustrating dealing with like other people that aren't as aware of like just poker market and regulations and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. a, it's a struggle, but I think sites are improving and that's why I think like stars will be nice competition. It'll get people really excited and people are going to want to play again. I'm seeing names of guys that I haven't seen in a while playing online. So that's, that's good to see, you know, mm-hmm. and that's where I think having them in the market is good. Yeah, and I think um, I haven't delved into this too much, but I think I saw that uh, like Jason Somerville's moving to Jersey to to play. So hopefully that brings some yeah, he's sort of publicity. coming here for a bit. I don't know the exact details, um, but he'll be he, he's going to be in the state. I know that he's doing some promotional event this weekend, but uh, I don't know the details of like him streaming and stuff. Right. So that's a that's a nice thing to segue into actually, because I know. Um, Jay Carver, obviously, with uh, with the popularity that he's brought to his tri- his Twitch stream and the number of people that he's brought into poker as a result of that, I suppose he, just as an individual, probably has a pretty significant impact on the poker economy. So do you think that's actually going to maybe draw in more players in New Jersey if he goes there? Yeah, I'm sure it will. Um, one of the things about New Jersey versus just the rest of the world in general mm-hmm. is that you got to keep my poker in the U.S. was, you know, was roaring in the mid-2000s, party poker, blah, 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 UIGEA takes a big hit where, you know, it's much harder for recreational players to deposit and stuff like that. So so I think that hurt. You had to be a little bit more serious to be into poker, but people were starting to figure out ways. And obviously Black Friday, everyone that was into poker is still playing on PokerStars on full tilt. 
most players have not played online since 2011. Um, and uh, if they if they are playing now, obviously on these regulated sites, but they're still like had two or three years out of not playing poker or not playing online and only playing live. So like the kind of market that we get here is a more like live based mm-hmm. crowd. Um, so I'm not sure how many people are even like, there's people that I talk to live that I'm like, Oh, have you, have you seen my stream on Twitch? And they're like, Oh, what's Twitch? Like they don't right. know that that even exists. So, I'm unsure of how that's going to be effective here. I'm sure it will be still popular, you know, but I don't think that it's going to be the, like, kind of same impact as the rest of the world. But uh, we'll have to see. I mean, I stream New Jersey poker, and I have a nice following of people, but um, it's a group of New Jersey guys, and it's a, it's a pretty small group, obviously. And I think he's going to kind of have, like, the same thing. He'll have the rest of the world guys watching, but... I don't know. He'll probably take my group for a while, which is which is fine. Um, uh, you know, but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see. Fair enough. And uh, and I guess on the on the Twitch front, you mentioned you're you're pretty regularly streaming some some poker from New Jersey. How do you how do you find it? The experience of uh, of being a streamer. Are you enjoying it so far? It's been great. Yeah, I've always kind of been always dabbled with streaming. You know, and they've always been kind of like a. I don't want to say I've always been pretty active with that on Twitter where people kind of, I always have opinions and people tend to either seek out my opinions or want to fight me on my opinions. So, so Twitch is like a nice platform where if people have questions or they want to tell me something, you know, that they don't agree with whatever I said, they can come tell me and we can have a discussion about it. So I've definitely enjoyed it. Um, It took me a while to get comfortable with playing and streaming at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, I kind of was like, all right, I'm going to do this Twitch thing, and I got to be like, you know, all the popular streamers are, you know, like, kind of animated and, like, into their their play and stuff like that. And so I was, like, trying to be, like, I don't know, excited to be playing poker, um, I guess you could say. Uh-huh. And I quickly kind of realized that, like, that's just not me. I'm not the guy who, like, jumps up and down when I get two jacks or, like, throws on house <laughs> and stays king. So, you know... I, I really was like, yeah, this is this is not like me, and, and I'm just gonna be myself, and you know, and, and it's it's worked out great. You know, people still uh, enjoy the stream, and uh, we just kind of hang out, we chill, we we chat about whatever, and um, we listen to some good music. You know, so mm-hmm. that's uh, that, that's that's kind of I do my thing. I, I actually like I appreciate streams like that more. I think because I know as somebody who streams. Y- when you try to put on any kind of like show or act or maybe like be more animated than you really are, when you're playing, you you might be playing or streaming for six to eight hours. That's a long time to not be yourself yeah. <laughs> and to sort of be you know acting. And it's not like there's enough money or accolades in Twitch streaming to make it worth it, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, there's those you know obviously top few streamers that are are making making their living, but uh, in poker they're they're few and far between, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely fun. Very cool. Sounds good. I have a question that I always tend to get curious about when when we talk to people that who who do a lot of Twitch streaming, which is, do you feel like you play better when you're streaming because you're explaining yourself? Um, sometimes, like uh-huh. there's there's sometimes when 
I'm short stacked in some MTT that I, I really couldn't care less about because it's a very small buy-in or like for example we just ran the uh Borgata just ran their Garden State Super Series just uh-huh. ended this Sunday it's like their tournament series um and I was in this like competition just like a team competition you know like 150 bucks a person like kind of like small little thing so I was playing a bunch of like smaller stakes tournaments that I don't usually play just like for the sake of the team competition and I'm like one tabling this like small freeze out that if I win is not even gonna get me unstuck for the day and like I just like couldn't care less like my hourly is not there I usually don't even play this but I just did it and I'm now obviously stuck one tabling it I want to shove some hand and I'm like oh this just isn't a shove I know it's not a shove I, I <laughs> yeah cold, you know um and I do and and you know that kind of thing but uh yeah I don't know I've had a yeah I think I play I think I play I I mean. The goal in poker is always to play your best, and that's the, the best you can do. So I always try to play my best, and I think that sometimes it levels me out. But I think there's other times when I'm engaged in a discussion and playing tables that are off screen that I'm not paying as much attention to because I am on Twitch, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that there's overall there's like a balance of probably EV. You yeah, know? I think that there's probably um, pluses and minuses. You know, I, I certainly yeah. think. For a lot of people, like I mean, I, I've only done a limited amount of streaming, but I uh, I find for a lot of people, you know, the if you're one of those guys who plays a lot of tables to begin with, you're not really going to be able to stream and explain everything you're doing at every table and keep the same ROI at every table, you know. So it's 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 going to be a decrease there. But but there's also guys out there who don't play that many tables who probably get a little bored from time to time, and and they actually stay more disciplined by being forced to explain what they're doing, you know. So I've I've found that I'm sort of somewhere in the middle of those and I get this weird situation because I know that streaming to some extent like makes me more disciplined in the way I play as far as just just like you said like you don't get those hands where you just don't care about the result yeah but also I I I don't really enjoy streaming that much overall you know so uh, there's a part of me which is like oh I should be streaming because I play better and my EV might be higher but then I'm like no I don't want to you know so I'm I'm always interested to hear from other streamers um about like what the um what the pros and cons are you know because i think there's there's a certain element of it which, which is like if you're not somebody who's who's comfortable being on camera um like which is basically my thing for for my reason for not really wanting to stream you know like i I'm, i don't really like yeah. having a camera on me for hours on end but um if you do have that um which it, it seems like you do because i've just got your youtube channel up here and it seems like you had a youtube podcast a while back um you know, I did that for a bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're that kind of person uh, who doesn't mind being on camera, um, then I guess it, it, it can overall be a benefit, I guess, right? Yeah. it's. I'm usually playing a bunch of tables off screen. Um, I generally will just show one or two MTTs that I have going mm-hmm. uh, and then have a, a bunch of cash games off screen. Right. Which I generally don't stream. There, it's Cash is not as well received on Twitch. Um People seem to like to watch MTTs better for, like, the glory of going deep. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's something about streaming cash that I think is probably just not good in general. Um, I, I don't – I think that, like – I don't know. I, there's something about, like, watching somebody bust an MTT, like, regardless of how they bust. It's like, you know, like, what if there's a dude at my cash game table that's just, like, dumping buy-ins or something? You know, like, I don't know. It, it just feels It just feels like there might be some people that don't. Like, we'd be kind of offended if they saw themselves losing. And not only that, there's the whole aspect of, like, you know, I'm playing in a very, very small market where there's, like, mostly regs in these cash games. 
So it's not like uh, there's a wide group of players that I'm playing against. That they're gonna, you know, learn a lot from watching my play and stuff like that. So right, yeah. So it's like a little bit of both that I, I think is is, is not the sure. Best for sure. Yeah, the, the smaller the smaller the player pool, the more concerned you have to be about giving away information. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't like rebroadcast any of my streams for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but definitely definitely for for that reason too. It's just I just. If somebody wants to play and then watch me at the same time, like it's you know whatever, they're only going to pick up a limited amount of stuff. But uh, if they're going to be able to have the ability to go back and look at everything I'm doing in every spot, especially in cash games where you know like ranges are everything, you you can you know there's no uh, there's no game flow button opening in, in cash games because mm-hmm. stack sizes or something something like that. So um, you know they're going to be able to really kind of break my 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 stuff down really quickly if they're seeing every hand I'm playing. So. Right. Yeah. Mhm. Makes sense. Makes sense. So tell us a little bit about this uh, this YouTube podcast you had. Then uh, I, I see on your YouTube channel, I see six episodes. Is there anything more than that, or did you kind of? Uh, oh wait, no. I guess we got. Yeah, eight I think here. there's eight. I wanted to say. Yeah, I see eight. Okay. So that was I started doing that in 2000. I, I don't know. There's I'm sure there's a date on those, but probably 2000, beginning of 2014, 15. They actually all say one year ago, so they're all pretty. Yeah, because I probably from 2015. So I think beginning of 2015 then is when it must have started. So uh-huh. before I started on Twitch, okay, this is before poker was big on Twitch. Right. Like, there wasn't really anybody streaming poker. There wasn't even a poker category. So I guess mm-hmm. this was like 2014. I started streaming on Twitch a little bit, and I actually got banned for streaming non-gaming content. Huh. And they, they said that poker wasn't a game or something. Like, <laughs> poker didn't count. Right. And I was like, I was like, well, I was like, I don't know, like, it's clearly a game. And, you know, like, there was somebody else who I'd seen a few times doing it. And I think it actually might have been uh, Jamie Staples. Because he started, like, right around that time. And I was like, well, wh- like, he wasn't banned. Like, what do you, I don't understand. There's other people that are doing this. You know, I'm, I'm not sure it might not have been him, but anyway, they, they told me you couldn't do it. And so I was like, all right, well, whatever. And so I, I wanted to do something that was kind of a little bit, you know, in the public and just was a little different. I mean, I've always done, like, coaching and stuff like that, but I wanted to do some, just something else, you know. And I thought that starting some sort of, like, YouTube, like, podcast type thing might be kind of cool. So mm-hmm. I gave that a shot, um, but it didn't quite work out the way I, I wanted it to. I have eight episodes I think, like, four of them are pretty popular, and the other four are not very popular. Um, I was picking, like, a lot of New Jersey guys and people in the New Jersey, you know, New York, PA area that were, like, popular players, like, locally and live, Borgata, to, to like, interview. Mm-hmm. Um, it was getting tougher to find guests on, like, a weekly basis, so that wasn't working out great. And the the ones that with New Jersey players just were not popular. Like people right. just didn't seem to know them or care, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I decided that like, I can't do this. Definitely can't do this weekly. And you know, I just can't like, I have to find something else. And then, uh, the summer came world series. And I kind of put it on the, I stuff with this on the back burner. And then by the fall, like Twitch was just, you know, roaring already. Right. This had to be, this had to be 2014 because, because, for the, pretty much the whole last year, Twitch has been been going super strong. Yeah, yeah I figured as poker. much. 
Yeah. So it had to be end of 2014 then. Yeah, it probably is. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, or at least beginning of 2015. That's fair enough. Interestingly, one, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, Derek, carry on. Yeah, I was just going to say, one thing I've noticed, having sort of followed you throughout my career, I guess, or, or, or both of our careers maybe, is you've always kind of been, you've always had your hands in other things other than just playing poker. Like, you were certainly one of the first people I remember watching training videos from. You've obviously done coaching, you've, you've done the podcast, you've done Twitch, you're working with Borgata. I, I've always argued that players underestimate the importance of sort of branding themselves and finding other opportunities to, well, frankly, create revenue outside of poker itself. How, yeah. you know, is that something you've consciously made a decision to do, or is it just that you sort of like being out and doing other things? Um, it first started, my first venture was definitely coaching. That was, I mean, I, I consider myself like I didn't really start playing professionally, in my opinion, until... I was getting, like, back full-time for MTTs, which was the beginning of 2009. Um, that was when I, like, right around the time that I quit my job and stuff like that. And I started my first student in, like, not, like, March or April of 2009. So I, I was, like, barely a professional in my opinion, but I had just been getting, like, inundated with messages on, like, the different forums and stuff like that asking for coaching or asking me for advice, like, what do you think about this hand? You know, I was posting a ton on Pocket Fives back in the day. Like, I spent, like, like days on that site just <laughs> pouring over hand histories and, like, arguing with people. And I really learned a ton, like, arguing with people that were way smarter than me and way better at poker than me. And them, them just being like, yeah, you're wrong. Like, you need to stop talking because this, 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 and this. And I was like, wow, like, they're right. Like, that's, like, that was just so good for me. And... I don't know, like, where I got, like, the, you know, like, why I thought it was a good idea to start, like, just posting hand advice. I, I guess it was in a search to getting, for getting better. But anyway, I, I wanted an outlet to allow people to ask me for advice without it just, like, it was getting to the point where I, I was just, like, wasting a lot of time responding to all these people's messages and threads and everything like that so it just got to the point where i was like okay if you want advice from me like i do offer coaching it's this much per hour like that's your best bet you know mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. honestly if somebody still pms me to the day and it's like hey what do you think about this hand or like hey you know what do you think about this hand i posted i'm sure now that i'm saying this i'm gonna get a ton of messages now but <laughs> i generally try to like be like oh yeah sure i would just do this i would probably fold but you know but it, it just it was getting to be a lot so i wanted uh people to be able to approach me and they did and i had a lot of coaching requests and i did a lot of coaching um i actually started a coaching site in 2000 end of 2010 actually it, we launched like a month before black friday so it was like right before black friday um but i started premier poker coaching which was like this just a site to hook up students with coaches and coaches to students mm -hmm. and we were you know moderately successful me and a couple guys started that but uh we did we did close it recently because uh about a year ago because you know it just wasn't we didn't have the interest that we we had it was just dwindling over the years because you know no u.s right. online so um i think that it's good to diversify for a couple of reasons a it just gets you like a chance to make more money you know for example if you have a bad day week or month you still have other income from other sources which is always good um also it gets you to kind of explore the game in different ways. Like, 
coaching is really good because it kind of keeps me in line with my own game and it being able to have have to explain myself in situations is really good. So, you know, like take something like that people are doing that's new, like maybe stealing in a different way or three betting a different range or defending the big blind more, whatever it is, things that have, you know, big changes in the game over the last, you know, five years. I need to be able to explain to someone like why this is good and not only why it's good, but like give like kind of a mathematical reasoning why it's good. Because when you just say to someone, oh, this is good because a lot of good players do it and you should do it. Right. It doesn't really hold that much water. And like, mm-hmm. They might say, like, okay, but they'll just think, like, oh, yeah, but you're, these players are just not right because I'm the best at poker because I'm, you know, Joe Schmo and I'm going to be the next, you know, hot shot. And, but when you can break it down and show them the math behind something and that you can show them that this is more plus EV or this play is actually minus EV, then they're, like, they can't argue with that. And they're, like, oh, like, wow, like, yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's true. I guess you're right. So being able to just figure my own plays out and why I'm doing them uh, and then explain that somebody else has been good for me. It's helped me to, I think, grow as a, a player. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I've met a, a lot of great people through through coaching, just students and stuff like that that I'm yeah. now good friends with and mm-hmm. that I've watched go on to, you know, bigger and better things that and stuff like that has been, been awesome. Yeah, that's great. And speaking, speaking of which, actually, uh, I did a little bit of detective work and I noticed that your YouTube site has uh has an episode where you talk to joe mckeon who was last year's world series main event winner and i also noticed that your coaching website mentions that one of your students won the main event so uh, would that be the case did joe mckeon uh previously serve as your student he i coached him quite a long time ago okay um i coached him back in like maybe 2000 like nine or ten something like okay that. So technically, yes, I did coach him. And, um, it's Great. now like I wasn't really talking about it. Like he made the final table and he won. And, like I wasn't. I felt like it wasn't correct to be like, oh, I coached this guy, you know. But it's kind of come out in other. He mentioned it in a podcast, and it came, someone else asked me in some other interview that I did, and then it came out in another podcast that I did. Um, so I feel like a lot of people know about it anyway. So I feel like, you know, if I'm listing the things that my students have gone on to do at some point after I've coached them, that winning the main event is like one that I probably should have in there, you know? So <laughs> I hope that Joe doesn't mind. And if he does, I would of course take it down. And I'm, pre- I'm like good friends with Joe. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I coached him a long time ago when our, both of our games were in completely different places and mm-hmm. he's done you know, so much work on his game away from me since then. And um, right. so I, I certainly can't take credit for him actually winning the main event or anything mm-hmm. like that. But hopefully, you know, when we worked together back in the day, it kept him on the right track or put him on the right track um, where to the point where maybe if we didn't work together, he wouldn't even be playing poker now. You know, I have no idea. Sure. Um, yeah. People come to me for different reasons and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so yeah. I know that I, it, it's funny because after – I always joke about this, but I, after every World Series of Poker main event and whoever the winner is, I always search the TPE database to see if they were ever a member. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, this could be a good marketing angle. And it's only happened once, but it's always cool when you do see it. You're like, oh, yes, there's one. Are you allowed to say who that was that used to be a TPE member? I think I tweeted it out, so I don't think it's a – I mean, it's not like we used it as an advertising angle, but I just think right. I personally tweeted it out. Let me see if I can guess. 
right. I would guess Ryan Reese. That's actually a really good guess, but it's not right. So this is somebody who actually won the main event? Yes. Okay. And it's somebody who at some point was a TP member? Right. I'm, okay, I'm scanning my memory for the last, like, six or seven um, main event winners. I don't know. I'm lost. I can't think of any of them that would have been good candidates. My only other yeah. guess would be Martin Jacobson, in that he was a member of every training site ever, like, <laughs> trying to get all of the information yeah. good. Yeah, he does seem like the kind of guy who would be the member. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't think him, but... Yeah. I, this one actually surprised me only because it, I would have... I maybe would have guessed somebody more, um, I guess, U.S., based or whatever, but it was P.S. Hines. Oh, that ah. P.S. I was going to say, this is my <laughs> yeah. first guess, but I thought that he, like, like he won the main event in 2011, and I thought he, like, just stopped doing poker, like, before Tournament Poker Edge was, like, super big. I guess you guys, when, when was, when did you guys first we, start? We launched April of 2010. Yeah, see, so that's what I thought, like, I, I thought it, like, wasn't long enough for him to have, like, mm-hmm. jumped on that, that, that train yet, so. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, uh, wow. That is a claim. Now I'm I don't even know if he still grinds MTTs, though. I don't see him online uh, He much. definitely does does not grind MTTs anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, he still plays poker. He just won some 5K, actually, like in uh, somewhere in Europe, like for oh, okay. a very small amount. But um, he plays – he dabbles, I think. Uh, he's officially – I think he's uh, officially unofficially retired. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> yeah. Nice little problem to have. Well, the great thing about poker is you can unretire anytime you want, can't you? Like <laughs> – just, just hop in a tournament, boom, unretired. <laughs> I think he plays. I think he spends most of his time playing video games these days. I see him on Battle.net. Quite oh a wow! Bit, uh, on <laughs> well, that's the luxury if you win the main event, right? You get to, yeah. to spend your life playing games. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, actually, just going back to the kind of coaching thing um, and and talking about the, the sort of diversification. I'm curious whether you find it a challenge to sort of balance all of those different things, because certainly for me, as somebody who tries to play poker three, four days a week, do a lot of coaching, write for TP, do these podcasts, all that stuff. I think balance is always a, a challenge, um, you know, when you're doing multiple things. So do you have a, do you have like a system for that? Do you have like a certain strategy you try to use? It's funny. It's funny you say that because that's actually one of the reasons why I was really interested in starting a coaching site uh-huh. because the way our site was set up was basically – limited like it was eliminating a lot of the steps to starting lessons with students and booking lessons with students like mm-hmm. the process of like someone emailing you and being like hey do you do coaching and then me responding back and them asking a question and then me responding back and me saying well what time is good for you what time zone are you in is this day good did you pay me can you pay me here it was just it's just so much back and forth and it's never simple. So the idea that somebody could just go to a site, look at a calendar, see when you're available, click a day and book it without talking to me was phenomenal. And right. when I was doing a lot of coaching, that was so helpful that I would just get an email and be like, somebody booked for 10 o'clock tomorrow. And I'd be like, okay, great. And I would see them tomorrow and it would they'd actually show up on time and all that stuff. Um, so now that I don't have that you know, kind of uh, outlet anymore, resource – Mm-hmm. I'm back to the old way of just emailing back and forth, and, and it can be kind of annoying, but I'm I'm not doing that many lessons. I'm o- I feel like I'm always kind of on the border of like if I get one more student, I, I'm gonna like have to hire a secretary to answer these emails because I can't take it. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but what I do is I just try to like I leave my I, I just try to try to attack my inbox like when I can. Um, mm-hmm. If I have some time where I'm not 
not playing. I just try to go through it and answer the ones that need to be answered. And sometimes there's ones that are kind of less important or like it's someone just a general poker coaching inquiry. Like if you just send me a general inquiry about poker coaching, I might not get back to you for a few days till I can like write a response to all the questions you answered. Whereas if someone's like, Hey, I'm going to do a lesson tomorrow. I'll obviously get back to you much sooner, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be tough to balance now that I'm, you know, here in New Jersey, the, it's not as an all day schedule of playing poker as, you know, grinding rest of world uh, stuff. Like, cause I mean, we're in one time zone. We're just New Jersey. Uh, games don't start until six, seven o'clock at night. You know, everyone's working. Everyone's out. You know, doing mm-hmm. their life. So there's just not a lot in the afternoon. So I have the whole afternoon to do other things. Um, generally, those other things are spent with my wife and my daughter. But sometimes I take an afternoon to do some of this, you know, bookkeeping type stuff mm-hmm. uh, once a week or something like that. You know, um, so. Yeah. What's the what's the breakdown for you now? You mentioned that you um, obviously are, are grinding some cash and stuff on the jersey sites. Are you also playing quite a bit of live cash, or how do you break down live versus online these days? I'm pretty much still playing like most of my volume online. Um, I do make it down to Borgata. Borgata has like five big series every year. Like I think it's spring fall winter, summer, and then they have this one other, like, big WPT series. Uh, so there's those five that I go to, and I'll just spend, like, a week down at Borgata and play live tournaments and live cash while I'm down there. Other than that, I'm really just playing online, and then I, I do, like, the occasional trip, and the, you know, obviously the World Series, stuff like that. So when I'm in those places, I'll, I'll, I'll dabble a little bit in live cash, but live cash is always something that I was, like, I don't know. I never liked playing, like, I mean, I'm an MTT guy, you know, for, for years. So, like, the prospect of, like, buying into a cash game for, like, a couple thousand dollars and, like, maybe losing was, like, a lot, you know. I was always, like, kind of a nit in regards to that. So um, I've only recently been dabbling in, like, actually playing live cash, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think I'm going to do some more of in the future. But, um, yeah, it was always, like, uh, I don't know. I would, like, go and play 2-5, and it seemed like... It wasn't always, like, what I wanted to do after playing an MTT for, like, you know, eight hours. Like, I'm going to play, like, four hours to five now and, like, make, like, 200 bucks. Like, that doesn't seem very fun. Right. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, um, so, upcoming... Not what um, I'm doing for a living. Like, I don't know. It's just... Yeah. Uh, upcoming series, obviously, the main event uh, is God, almost two, only, like, two months away. I, will you be out in Vegas for the entire summer, or are you going to pick and choose events? I, last summer, I I did the, like, sort of pick and choose. I picked, like, a week and a half, and I went out in the beginning of the series, and then I went back for the main, which was the first summer I didn't spend, like, most of the summer out there. Um, I don't know. I I honestly don't know what I'm doing for the World Series yet. I've done extensive, like, kind of, like, calculations on, like, what I, what my expected return is being out there and like what my hourly is versus being here and just like different types of crazy math things that have basically no basis in fact. And I'm kind of guessing. <laughs> so I mean, telling me what my ROI is in a one K or 2,500 world series thing is like, I, who knows? Like, you know, this is like, right. that could be very off in one direction or the other. So I'm using my obviously best educated guesses doing this for 10 years, but um, it, it, these are obviously not, 
facts that I'm working with here. So um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm definitely going to be there for the main. There's a chance that I'm there for a chunk of the series, and there's a chance I'm there for basically next to nothing. I mean, like everyone else, every year um, I say to myself, the World Series ends, and I say I'm going to stay home next year and just grind a lot instead of coming out here. And then a schedule comes out, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> look at this event. Look at that event. This looks fun. 2,500 six-max, 3K six-max. Ooh, baby. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Um, if if my if I can convince my wife and my daughter to spend like a chunk of time out there with me, then I'll probably be there for more. But she's my daughter's only two, still two and a half, so she's still a little young. Um, when she gets a little older, I think we'll probably everyone will go out and we'll spend like the summer. But we'll see for now. I'm actually doing uh, the Seminole Hard Rock Series Florida uh, in April, which is not something that I usually travel for. I don't usually travel for like a one-off series like this, but um, I have a wedding in California the week before and it just works out perfectly that four of us that are going to this wedding are, are all going to go to Florida to uh, to play this tournament. So we're all just going there. It'll be, should be good. That's cool. I've heard those events down at Seminole Hard Rock are amazing too. I've never been, but... Yeah, I've been to uh, a couple of them. They've been, they're pretty good. Sounds good. I might be way off on this, but Florida seems like sort of an unlikely place to be a poker hotbed for, for me, at least it's as an outsider. Actually, pretty good. Oh, um, poker or er, poker in Florida. So poker was like they didn't have poker, and they got it in. Do you remember what it was, Derek? I think it was like two thousand eight. Yeah, no, maybe even after that, right. two thousand nine. It was like kind of right around the time that I started like really playing professionally, and. Like all the racetracks and and stuff like that started having poker poker rooms. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, there's a lot of like, uh, I mean, the population of Florida is uh, a lot of like older retired people, right? And uh, they have money. So yeah, I think uh, games down there are pretty pretty good uh, <laughs> based on that demographic alone. So yeah, and the weather's know. the weather's decent, so people are willing to travel there and. It's it's cheap to get there too. Like you, I mean, you can get a flight to like Orlando or Miami or something, Tampa for like 120 bucks or something. Yeah, fair enough. As all a that, as an outsider, all, all I know about Florida is alligators and Disneyland. That's that's pretty much true. <laughs> yeah, just add, just add poker to that and you got it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And humidity and hurricanes too. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. really dangerous, terrible weather. Yeah, but, I can't. Uh, I can't understand this. I I can't stand Florida. That's like the number, like the worst place in the U.S. for me. I, I can't it's just the worst. I don't I know if you uh, right. I don't know if you ever watch um, John Oliver on HBO, but he always makes fun of Florida. So that's how I know it's uh, yeah that Americans yeah. like to make fun of because a fellow Brit is making fun of it. It's it's you know so there's a lot of people from New Jersey and New York that live in Florida now. Like that's where that's like a big like a very common thing. There's like full mm-hmm. communities of people that have just like up and moved. So I should like it more because, you know, my people are down there, but my dad lives down there now, you know, but um, I just, I just cannot like it. I'm, I will see this time, I guess, but generally just don't like it. I can't wait. I can't wait till we have you back on the show when you're 60 and you're like, yeah, living in a little retired retirement community down here in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I would go to, I would go to the, like California or something before that, just somewhere where there's, you know, no humidity or I even know I, California. I don't. Not going to live on a fall line. That doesn't seem like the best idea. But. <laughs> Florida's going to be crazy in forty years' time because all the guys who who grew up in their twenties being poker grinders are going to retire to Florida, and there's going to be these sick 
like really tough games full of 60 year old grinders just every day <laughs> at the tables in Florida. So, so oh, like geez. move to Florida now, not in 40 years time. That's the key. Yeah, seriously. Who knows? Who knows, man? I remember <laughs> back in the day, like when we were, you know, 2010 ish when MTTs were like, everyone was like three, four, five, six bet, like min six betting and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, we were like making jokes like, oh, everyone's going to be 60 and everyone's going to be like nine betting each other and showing a <laughs> dude stuff. You know, like, who knows? Like, what are we going to do now? Like, everyone's going to like limp every hand? Is that going to be the thing? Or like, no. like who knows, man? I keep waiting for that to be the thing. I keep waiting for 100% VPI P to be, to, to be, to start being a thing because I feel yeah, like we're not far away from people experimenting like that. You know, the, like, limping the button is becoming like, like mm-hmm. a thing in tournaments, you know, where like yeah. that used to be like, the biggest, like, what is this guy doing kind of thing. And now it's like kind of a thing. I mean, limping blinders blinds is definitely a thing, you know? So mm. who knows, man? I mean, I think though, like poker always, poker is shifting towards a more like game theory play. I mean, like you can solve rivers, like rivers can, you can play perfectly on rivers and like, that's not hard to do. And like, getting there on flops and turns and like pre-flop is just next and there are solvers for pre-flop but i don't know how like accurate or great they are yet so mm-hmm. right. who knows man that uh alpha go uh ai you know winning in the in the go i don't know if you guys saw that but oh the google deep mind yeah i i guess big, the ai uh, is getting pretty pretty sick right now like we should be worried step for uh for ai yeah i mean wow yeah i can't, that was can't wait to get that hud <laughs> I mean, that's what Stars has just worked to get rid of is all the. Uh, I mean, you're basically just playing a bot at that point, you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, give give it twenty years, and the 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 bots that Stars will be having to combat will be like these like Terminator style guys who are like just ultimate poker players, just playing perfect GTO all the time. You know, it's yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. We we want to avoid that. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, that's like the the thing now is that like people are still like people are still bad enough where you should just be playing more exploitably in a lot of spots mm-hmm. and just trying to capitalize on their mistakes, you know? So, like, I don't know, but, I mean, bots are bots are definitely the scariest thing when I think of, like, the future of poker. You know, it's not like regulation or poker getting banned or, like, people getting too good. It's bots. Definitely it's bots. Like, people are always going to suck at poker and think they're way better than they are. I'm not worried about that. Um, <laughs> I'm worried about, like, not being able to stop bots, not being able to detect bots, and these guys just running programs that are just going to, like, suck games dry, you know? So that's something that when these sites talk about doing things like, you know, getting rid of written hand histories, you know, and stuff like that, and getting, like, making it harder for players to use HUDs and stuff, like, it scares me because that's game integrity that we're getting rid of when you do that stuff. Um, You know, so I'm always a big advocate of, saving written hand histories and if you can save written hand histories and get rid of HUDs be my guest I don't care that's out to the sites but uh, players have to be able to have a log of every hand that they play and be able to put it in other software for their own independent yeah. research so yeah that's a really good point that's a good oh point. yeah very good point well cool I think it's about uh, about a good spot to wrap it up oh you know Anything what else, I have one more thing I want to mention um, okay. I had uh, I had Mike's Twitter profile up um, just now and uh, okay. I noticed uh <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I just noticed <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, a, few, on a few tweets back. Um, I noticed you retweeted something uh, which I think is hilarious. It was, it's a tweet by Brian Yoon, which I think has to go down as like all time, all time funniest poker tweets. It's just a chip count update. He says six hundred to twelve, six hundred twelve hundred 
under gun one shoves 19.5k. Jerry Yang, under the gun plus three, starts tanking, makes a prayer, and calls with Queen Ten suited. He loses to Ace Ten. Moral: There is no God. That just <laughs> that just cracked me up when I saw that. So thought I'd share that one. That was, uh, nice I want to. I just want to point out that for the record, uh, only has a thousand followers, and yeah. that tweet got nearly 200 likes. <laughs> that is a high percentage oh, wow. there, and it yeah, definitely liked a, by some people that don't follow him. But uh, it's at 184 right now. I can see, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's not the most. Uh, he doesn't tweet that much, but uh, some of his tweets are are pretty good. He's got some really good reply tweets that don't even show up on his timeline. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a character. He's one of the guys I'm going to Florida with, actually from the uh, from the wedding. So oh, nice. Should, well, yeah, okay. should be. Should I'm be. giving him the follow right now because yeah, there you go. I love smartass tweeters. They're my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and especially yeah. jokes about Jerry Yang and his his. His superstitions and all that stuff—that's that's gold, man. If you follow him and you follow Deoxy and you follow Feraldo, you will have mm-hmm. uh, some comedy between the trio. So, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. That's, uh, speaking fair. of speaking of following people on Twitter, uh, for those of you listening, make sure you follow at uh, uh, Gags Thirty Poker on Twitter. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, for people who are interested in, in checking you out for coaching, should they reach out to GagsThirtyPoker.com? Yes. Or just I have Twitter? a website that is quite crudely thrown together, but uh, it gets the job done in just doing uh, a bit of information about coaching and having a spot where people can send me a message uh, or email me, stuff like that. So it's uh, just gags30poker.com. Nice. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, thanks a lot for uh, taking the time out. I know we had a little, some technical difficulties the first go around, but I'm glad we nailed it out. Absolutely. Well, thanks for, right, thanks uh, for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Pleasure, man. And, uh, Thanks as always, Matt, and to everybody listening, thank you, and we will see you guys all back here very, very soon on the next episode of Mid-Stakes Living. Later, guys. Thanks, guys.